0: About it. As a small business owner like me, I rely on leads. There's a good men- uh, mentality called the two ten forty mentality in principle where every day you want to be talking to two prospects, right? Every mm. week you want to be talking to 10 and every month you want to be talking to 40. So I use that guideline of, okay, if I need to meet that quota, what am I going to do? These are people that want my services and they want to talk to me. So I want to make sure I can integrate and mm. literally connect with them within a second. I don't...
1: Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of the Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has uh, founded uh, several startups and small businesses and grown them into seven and eight figure companies, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the podcast to do an expert episode, um, Sean Boyle. And Sean does a bit as a uh, what I would say a marketing expert, and we're going to hit on a few interesting topics. Everything from um, potentially at least or potentially hitting on chatbots and local SEO or Google Ads and website building, and a few things to to be aware of as you're building a business and growing it. So with that, much as an introduction, Sean, welcome to the podcast.
0: Devin, thank you so much, man. It's an absolute pleasure to be on. And yeah, just to give your audience a little background about myself, I'm a serial entrepreneur, just like you and I co-own a digital marketing company called Momentum. We do virtual tours, digital marketing uh, in general with web design, PPC, SEO, all that great stuff. And I also host my own podcast, the Sean Boyle podcast. really all about human optimization, whether we're talking physical or mental, just optimizing you to the best uh, person you can be. So thanks so much for having me on, man.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, excited to have you on and talk a little bit more about uh, marketing and a few ways for people to help position themselves. So let's just dive right in. So I listed off a few, but maybe one that uh, you know is—I don't know—controversial is quite the right word, but one that is <laughs> uncertain for people is the idea of chatbots, right? In the sense right. that. I know, uh, you know, when I go on a chat bot or usually if it's a chat bot, I sit there and if I can tell it's not a human on the other end, I get turned off in the sense that half the time it doesn't really understand what I'm asking for. It says, here's a thought. Did this help you? So give us a little bit of thought. Are chat bots worthwhile? Are they worth integrating? Are they a waste of time or are they somewhere in the middle?
0: Hell yeah, they are absolutely worth integrating. Let me tell you something. So when you go on Facebook, you go on all these big companies and you see the chatbot, you get turned off, right? Because A, they're not personalized. B, they don't answer your question. I mean, how many times have you had to go on Facebook, you have something wrong with business manager, right? You go on their support and you can't find anybody. You're just stuck to, you know, not talking to a human and it just doesn't work out. So what we do with Momentum, with if you guys at home that are listening, go to MomentumVirtualTours.com right now. What you'll see is when you go to the site, you'll see my pretty face (laughs) and it says, hey, you know, this is Sean here, a real human. How can I help you? And, you know, Devin, the one thing that I strive to do is making it as personalized as possible because although, you know, I get a notification on my phone, Mm -hmm. if people see, oh, this is an actual person that's like ready to rock and roll here, then it makes it that much better. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people and a lot of clients that are wanting to integrate the software, but I always tell them, you know, the technology is great. It's fantastic because you can literally cut your bounce rate and increase your closing rate by an exponential margin. But if you're not having your face and you're not making it personalized, then it's just going to be like any other chatbot, man. So, so when you it, say it,
1: personalized, does that still mean that it's a, a machine learning or just a bot that has a, rent or a response to certain keywords and you're still saying that? Or is it more of that, hey, it actually connects to a human being and they can answer questions to your phone? Or is it a combination of both?
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a combination of both, man. So with the uh, with the personalized setting with ManyChat, are you familiar with ManyChat? Right? Um, Heard of it,
1: not overly familiar with it. So treat me as if
0: dude, this is you got to get this for your site, um, for, for your uh, for your company. It's incredible. So it connects with Facebook, right? So what happens is once someone comes to your site, you actually get their name and the picture of them, so you can connect with them not only on Facebook but they see your profile as well. So Again, it's just making it as personalized as possible. But the, the big thing that I will stress is if you're saying that there's a human on the other line, you, you got to make sure that there's a human. You, you can't just lie and say, oh, yeah, like we're going to let a robot take over because you got to think about it. As a small business owner like me, I rely on leads. There's a good men, uh, mentality called the 21040 me- uh, mentality in principle where every day you want to be talking to two prospects, right? Every week you want to be talking to 10 and every month you want to be talking to 40. So I use that guideline of, okay, if I need to meet that quota, what am I going to do? These are people that want my services and they want to talk to me. So I want to make sure I can integrate and literally connect with them within a second. I don't care if I'm asleep or I'm, you know, I'm in, hopefully some of the uh, most people have uh, common courtesy to not hit me up at like 3am, but you'll be surprised. (laughs) But, uh, During business hours, you know, I'm always on there. If I'm in a meeting and I'm not saying, hey, give me five seconds. I have to write this guy back real quick, you know, because they want to quote. It's that simple. It's that extra effort that I'm talking about, man, that just goes and and speaks volumes. And again, closes more business for you at the end of the day. So it's a tremendous thing, man. I I could talk your ears off with this. (laughs) It's great.
1: And and I had to laugh because I had, and so I don't, We'll, we'll slightly disagree on it, not that it's not a good conversation. In the sense, I so the way we have ours, we do have a, a chat system set up that it connects to all of our. our- some of the people in the office's phones, right? So if somebody asks a question, it would be, they do kind of a round robin where somebody available to chat for a few minutes and kind of a rule is, hey, if this doesn't look like it's a reasonable prospect or it's kind of not within our wheelhouse, we don't spend a lot of time on it, vice versa. If they are wanting, if they are a good prospect, then we encourage them to set up an actual strategy session with them. So we kind of have that set up. But, you know, I have to laugh because one of the times that we were doing it, somebody, I was on the other line, I was chatting with them and they were convinced I was a chat bot. Meaning I would say, no, I'm not a chat bot. Let me actually explain. Like, and I'd answer like, you know, real person questions. And they, oh, no, I've seen these so many oh, times. My God. A chat bot. I'm like, no, let me, <laughs> let me explain. I'm a real person. I'm actually answering your questions. And so I had like a two-minute conversation convincing them that I wasn't a chat bot. So this That's is a, so as a, an interesting aside
0: dude, that it happens. Sometimes people are skeptical and, you know, you try to convince them, you try to talk to them in real human words and they're like, no, no, this is definitely a chatbot." learning. You know, the, the AI, AI technologies there. This isn't really human. All it right.
1: Happens. So now we'll go off the less controversial topic. So we talked a little bit about chatbots, local SEO. First for those that don't know, explain the difference between normal SEO and local SEO and kind of why, why one matters or how you use them differently or how you position yourself.
0: Sure. So for the people listening at home and then watching, and I wish I could actually draw a graph here, but on this side, we have SEO, which is, uh, we'll talk about the website, right? So you can do on-page SEO, you can do technical SEO, which is embedding keywords, embedding uh, metadata, linking out, that sort of thing. Local SEO, which is great for uh, your and I kind of businesses where we rely on local-based searches. So what does that exactly look like? You guys are at home and you have your phone, Google virtual tours in Philadelphia. My company, Momentum 360, comes up number one in that little three uh, company snack pack they like to call them. 90%, and this is very crucial for your audience, 90, 90%, percent of all searches go directly to that little snack pack with the, the three businesses, right? Mm. Um, and the reason that is, is because they're the top three. Google prioritizes that because Google thinks, oh, these are the most legitimate companies based off of the proximity and based off of you know what they're doing google's main thing is they want to make sure they're answering the question so if you put in a, a prominent keyword search like lawyers in x or you know law companies in x you know they want to find you in the best way possible right so to do that and it's very simple i I preached Evan, on you know, actionable tactics. And this is an actionable tactic. Someone who's just driving home and they don't know a thing about SEO, they could, <laughs> they could take it. So Google My Business is the number one factor uh, for local SEO, right? If you don't have a Google My Business for your company, you want to go online, create that free profile, optimize it. And you know, once you optimize it, you can start posting uh, products. You can start posting your website, all this stuff, right? You want to get more reviews. That's number one. Number two is you want to build out so, uh, social bookmarks in local citations. So what does that look like? That's talking about, you know, your mazes of the world, your um, Facebooks, of course, Twitter. Um, those are social bookmarks. Uh, what's a local one? I mean, Yelp, you know, we know, everyone knows Yelp, uh, um, you know, and, and just stacking up all like super pages, you know, all of those citations because <clears throat> Google cares about three things with local SEO. Mm. name, address, phone number. It's called the NAP, right? So you want to have that consistent across the board. If it's consistent across the board, what that's going to mean is your uh, platform is going to um, be uh, entitled as legitimate or as more legitimate because you think, oh, they have the same kind of information across the board. So we're going to rank them higher because they're more priority. We, they're more of an authority figure uh, just based off of that. And it's just all a legitimacy thing. Um, and then the third thing, okay. uh, kind of just finishing up is... Um, obviously getting started with, uh, with social media, if you haven't yet, and um, writing content, you know, content's king. So those three actionable tactics, man, with local SEO. It's, um, it's very, very important.
1: So if you were to take the number one top, st- or, you know, people that are, or don't have the be- budget or the ability to hire a marketing company right now, they want to get going on something, what would be the best thing they could do to get started with local SEO?
0: make that GMB, like I just said, you know, go through that top three priority, make your Google My Business, make those social bookmarks and citations and create your social media profiles, your Instagrams of the world, Twitter, LinkedIn, business accounts, I'm talking, right? Hmm. Um, And then also with social bookmarks as well. So, uh, well, I just touched on that, but like um, citations. So, uh, and, and this is all free. This is all free stuff. It's not you know it's not stuff that you have to continually pay for you know google one
1: question on that and and one i i have or don't know yeah. so it's interesting to me sure so i go out and make my facebook i make my instagram i make my twitter all of the top social you know bookmarks type of a thing do yeah. i need to be active in order to continue to rank better meaning you know because i'm my guess is and i'll i'll put it at least in me you know my situation is, is i don't know that i always want to be active across all the platforms meaning I don't use Twitter much. I've never really understood it. I know other people love it. I'm not a huge Twitter person. So if I, is it better for me at least to create the profile when I never use it? Or is there a drawback to doing that and then having what would be kind of a dormant or less active one or get maybe thoughts on that?
0: So here's the thing, man. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you're making excuses at all, but with, with Twitter and all these things, you need to post. You know, People love content. So in my opinion, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was first getting started, we had zero accounts across the board. I was like, I am not a social media savvy person. At the core of me, I am not that person. I'm colorblind. I don't know if you knew that, but um, I'm red, green, colorblind. So design, it's just not my forte, right? So what I did was I took my weaknesses and I put that off to somebody else who did specialize in that, okay? So if you have someone at your company or you can hire on, on Fiverr a social media manager for like 10 bucks um, for, for an entire week or uh, like 100 bucks for the month the month. Um, that's what I used to do. And so I took that over so we could hire it uh, in house, but you need to be posting, um, adequate content. So what does that look like on LinkedIn? You got to know your target audience. You know, you got to post more professional stuff, Instagram, Facebook, you can be a little more loosey goosey, Twitter, you know, be a little more lax in that. But the biggest thing is providing value. So what we do, I mean, I don't want to harp on my company too much. I'll actually tell you what one of our clients did uh, that we were able to help them do easy Pickins, they're a women's uh, retail shop jersey philadelphia and new york right they have like 30 shops richard warsack shout out to him one of the best owners i've ever met in my life i mean this guy's awesome and uh he's one of these guys where he was struggling with his socials too so what i told him was hey you need to post products of your great um stores so we started posting uh you know blouses women's clothes all stuff. I don't know the thing about, what, of course, but um, we started posting. Uh, we started posting the shoes and we started using these, these hashtags, especially on Instagram. Instagram's a great place for just photos and, and general content. So if you don't necessarily want to write a long form thing on LinkedIn or a nice tweet on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram is that place. And it's a great place because it has a domain authority of a hundred. So mm. it's going to look great in the eyes of Google. And once you start to get more followers and more followers and the more likes and traction, that's all stuff that Google takes into consideration. So if you're thinking at home right now, man, my business is uh, Instagram and social media game isn't up the par, take an audit of it and it's free. You know, you can say, Hey, we're, we're not doing this. And, and you, you, people, they're not, you know, uh, growing up. They're not posting content. Um, that's not, it's really important that, you know, you, you're, there's always a way to, to tell a different matter of the medium, you know, I don't use TikTok that much, but there's definitely a way, you know, there's definitely a way.
1: I'm going to, so I'm going to hold your feet to fire. So my original question was, and I, I, I certainly get the merits of doing social media and being active posting both so that you have followers, so you have consistency, so people actually check you out. But if I'm, if I'm more active on those websites, does it affect the local SEO or does it have much of an effect? And that was kind of the, the genesis yeah. of the question, right?
0: Yeah, I, I want to put on a tangent there. Yes, it does affect it. But it does affect right. because You, you think, and from all these metrics, like I was saying, with followers and likes, those metrics take it, uh, Google takes into consideration for mm-hmm. ranking higher. Obviously, the more followers you have, the more um, accessible your keywords are going to be. So. For Easy Pickens, for that shop in New York, uh, Jersey and Philly, if someone was to Google women's blouses or or women's uh, shoes, right, whatever they were going to Google, we rank a little bit higher than we did because we grew our follower base. I think we have like 10,000 followers on Instagram and that um, following, it it definitely helps 100%. All
1: right. So... Now we're going to jump over to, and that that was certainly very helpful. So thank you. And and Interesting uh, how to to start ranking locally. And it certainly seems like for a lot of businesses, that's where things are moving, especially if you're having people that are going to be, you know, if you're e-commerce and you sell to everybody, maybe not quite as interest, you know, quite as important. But certainly if you have any sort of physical presence, any sort of location where people either want to come to your office or even just looking for someone local, that one certainly has a big effect. So now going over to Google AdWords and Google AdWords again is a bit, I I don't know, controversial. I keep saying the word controversial. I probably should come up with a better word. But, you know, so you take Google AdWords and some businesses love it. They, you know, live it, die by it. They generate a lot of, you know, a lot of, business they have a lot of success and other people say hey i hate google adwords i dumped a whole bunch of money into it seems like i'm not having getting hardly any referrals and i'm sure you know and it it seems like it can be either a great referral source and a great source of business or it can be a huge money pit so first of all thoughts on that is it is are both sides true is it depending on the business is it just some people don't know how to run their ads is it they're not looking in the right spot or thoughts on google ads
0: so love them in general right we launched a new ad campaign dev that we already met our ROI and it's what seven days into the month. Right. Mm. So for us, we know how to run ads. I mean, my business partner used to work at Google and Google and Facebook, their ad algorithm and their features are kind of similar. So we can, you know, implement those certain tactics, but where people get caught up is, you know, I I think they're, they're not spending in the correct margins. So let me touch on that for a second. Mm let's say we have $100 to spend, right? And we're trying to get you new acquisitions for your company, right? So we bid on certain keywords. What people, and again, this is the biggest thing, is that they, they lack on the targeting. They lack on how much money is, you know, uh, adequate to, to different parts of the campaign. So in a, in a general sense, yes, people are, I would say on average, less informed than people who are trained at Google and all this kind of stuff. So, Ultimately, how do you become better at Google ads? A lot of people that I know, if they say, oh, just do it and, and waste a bunch of money. And that's not what I'm going to say. What okay. I can say is, and this is actually a, a great testament to my business partner, Mac, um, is we're actually launching a course that uh, is going to be talking primarily about uh, how to build up your digital presence with advertisement. And, and you know, if you want more so of a, um, you know, increased uh, ROI with that. That's that's more so free that you don't necessarily need to pay for. You can go on YouTube and you can just do a bunch of research. I mean, YouTube and Google have been my saving graces. That where I've had to learned so much for myself about exactly how much money to adequate, how much, you know, do you need to go. So, the big thing is is education, and I definitely preach that because it's. It's a great tool if you know how to use it um, and Let, like I'll just
1: jump into that so taking, let's say you take a startup or small business they don't have right now they would love to have a, a mark or a budget to hire a marketer or a marketing firm or to put some money into that they're saying hey we're just getting started whether it's a side hustle or we just have a little bit of money and so they're saying hey we're too price sensitive we don't have the money if in that situation what's the best resource or what's the best way to get started or should they not get started, put that money elsewhere and wait till they have it, or kind of what's the best tip for them and somebody in that situation?
0: Yeah, the latter. I was just going to add on to that. So I wouldn't even recommend Google Ads at that point, right? I would yeah. recommend SEO first. I would recommend local SEO because what is that? That's a foundation, a base. Not only that's free, but you're getting concrete organic rankings that you're not paying for. You know what I'm saying? So it's just. It, the analogy is, you know, it's it's rather getting concrete likes and concrete followers rather than just buying them, right? Rather than just buying likes. That's really is. And, and believe it or not, sure, people could say, oh, we get a lot more business um, with ads. In my case, in my point of view, for our business model and for a lot of our clients, SEO gets a majority of the business. And once you have a certain surplus that you would like to spend on ads, yes, then I would recommend you diving into those angles. But for someone who's just starting out or, or someone who's you know, just trying to cut back on money, look at your SEO first. Is there anything that you could be doing better there? Think about that. And again, this is just me as a business owner trying to you know, bootstrap and, and save money and, and provide a lot of value, man. So Google Ads, they're not the, they're not the ultimate answer. You know, I, I would think that there's other tools out there like local SEO, like I talked about earlier, that would be better starting off than those Google Ads, 100%.
1: Okay. So, and question on that, maybe to follow up. So you take SEO, you know, my experience, and it can be completely wrong is SEO is a bit of a slow burn in the sense that you're not going to go and put out some content and the next day you're going to rank number one on Google. You have to put in the time in order to be active on your website, do whether it's a blog or, or at least blog or other content and actually give a reason for Google and for people to come to your website. So any... Is that, first of all, is that true? Is it a slower burn or a slower burn or a longer build, or is there any shortcuts, so to speak? And you know, shortcuts always make it sound like you're not doing something right, but is there any ways to get that kicked off if you're saying, hey, right now we don't have the money to do Google AdWords, we should focus on SEO. What, what, how should they do it so they're not looking at such a long and protracted time
0: frame? It's a great question. It's a question, Dev, that I get asked a lot. So <clears throat> for people listening out there that don't have a blog, our blog has been so beneficial in so many ways. It's connected us more importantly for me with networks and just a whole bunch of people. But what I would recommend, what I would recommend people do is start that blog and go on these free sites like ubersuggest.com, go on Google trends and type in what people are searching for. So kind of reverse engineer. I want to write a blog. I need to find out the title of the blog that people are searching for. So when people Google Google, law in x or virtual tours in x Mm. or any kind of niche right then Mm. you're going to be able to rank for that i'll tell you an example we found that a considerable of people who want to do virtual tours all across the board real estate retail um commercial whatever industry they're googling how much these things cost right Mm. so we made a blog how much your virtual tours cost that blog man has got so much business so many views it's like we, we have the, like, so for uh, for the people out there, for, um, and this is another great tool, Google Search Console, which is a free tool. It's like uh, Google Analytics, but um, you can actually index your site. And we'll t- have to talk about this in, on another episode because it's, it's really, really tactical. But um, what you get, man, is, you know, your, your base of, okay, these are the how many people reached your homepage, this is how many people reached all the other pages. Our blog reaches, if we, let's say we got, you know, a thousand visitors to the website, hmm. um, 750 of them are to the homepage. The other 250 man are from the blog. So it's a great way to spark up some quick interest because if you can get a blog that's ranking well, um, and you can just Google for the audience listening, how do you write a good SEO optimized blog? You can just Google that, right? Um, the, the, the tricks and, and tactics are already out there. I don't want to reiterate that. Um, it's, it's very easy to just go in and Google that. Um, but once you have that blog posted on the website, optimize it, And then you're, like you said, it's a slow burner. I completely agree with that, but Mm. it's a more, uh, it's, it's a snowball effect, right? You're pushing that rock up the mountain. And then before you know it, you're going to be going down the other slope and and sliding down and and getting a lot of business. So Google ads is one, you know, I, I guess if you're doing it for a limited time, a short burst of uh, some quick engagement, SEO is a bigger long-term play where you're going to just see your, your web impressions and your overall clicks. Um, increase as well as your brand. So that's why I definitely recommend SEO because it's more of a concrete tactic that's going to be around, um, and it's more passive too, for sure. So, uh, it, but but it's really exciting. I mean, I, I love the debate. Oh, ads versus SEO. But in my opinion, man, SEO all day.
1: Okay. No, I think that 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 would be. I think that if you're willing to invest the longer term, because the thing with ads is, is day you turn it off, the day is the, the flow stops going. So even if you were to get a good ad that's built up as soon as you stop paying Google, you're no longer ranking there and you're no longer there. And so if you can build up a good SEO presence and just a good website presence, and that can be one where you're not having to pay forever and ever. And you're not always have, you're not tied to it and linked to it as nearly as much. And so I think that make, it resonates resonate at least with me. So for sure, man, <laughs> excuse me. So last couple questions and then, you know, certainly never have enough time to talk about all the topics, <laughs> website build website building and brand awareness. So any thoughts on those any how how should people tackle kind of i would say brand awareness online or to or any other tips that we haven't gone over as to how they should start to tackle that
0: so the people out there that haven't started up their own website what i would recommend is wordpress wordpress is a little more expensive but you're getting so much more right you have Hmm. websites Builders like your Squarespace's, your Wixes of the world, GoDaddy, you can make a GoDaddy website. But the thing is, you can't optimize technically as much as you can with WordPress. So WordPress is an investment, just like any website is an investment, right? Mm. And your domain, um, that's important too, you know? Like I bought SeanBoyle.com for like two grand last week, and I didn't want to pay two grand for it, but you got to think, there's a million Sean Boyles out there. I have a very generic Irish name, so... Mm. It is what it is, you know, it's, um, it's what I have to do uh, to make my nut and grow. So I would say to the people out there that are looking to get that website, WordPress 100% and then map around it for brand awareness. You need to put in your social media links on your website, you need to put in you know, a blog, you need to put in all these you know, specific pages, your service pages, your, your uh, frequently asked questions, your meet the team pages, um, about page obviously. So what I'm saying is there's so many different pages. We're we're still coming up with pages right now. So the the main idea, man, is content never stops. The the moment that you say, you know what, we just want to hold off on content for a little bit. That's when you're going to start to decline. Sure. There's a lot of people out there that, and kind of like our business too, where we're, you know, we, we can kind of rely on a couple blogs, but If you're just starting out, you need to, you know, because again, it's like TikTok or any video, one video, you'll, you'll go uh, viral, right? So you need to make that one video, one blog, whatever you think is going to, you know, produce some pretty good results in terms of ranking, like we were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. and post that to the website and then making your website as fast as possible, man. So and, and that's a huge one too, because People are just starting out. They want to add on all these plugins and all these graphics and stuff, but the website's 13 seconds to load. And if it's 13 hmm. seconds to load, no one's going to go there. You're going to get a high bounce rate, and you're not going to have any website visitors. So,
1: last last bonus question. Then we'll have to have maybe a follow up conversation some other day. URLs, you know, you can pay a whole bunch for them or you can pay a little for them. And usually the shorter URL or the one that's more catchy is going to be the one that you pay more, right? So if it's a few characters or a few letters and you're going to pay more, if it's, you know, five words string together, nobody's going to remember how to spell it. And so question would be to you is, is are shorter URLs as as crucial as they used to be, right? In the And give you a bit of context, my question, in the sense that, you know, used to be internet first started out, you didn't have Google or you didn't have, you know, Bing or whichever uh, one you use. I think most people use Google. But, um, you know, you you had to remember, so you had to remember Nike.com or you had to remember Amazon.com or whatnot. And you had to remember the locations, otherwise you couldn't get to them or you go use some sort of a directory. Nowadays, you know, it seems like if I go and I'm looking for a company, I so I Googled their name, right? So Miller IP Law, rather than remembering whatever the URL is, I'm going to just go Google Miller IP Law, see which one I think it is and click on there. So is a short URL or a URL in general worth investing in? Does it make sense? Or is it kind of now taking a back burner given that really what you're looking for is search results?
0: Well, what you want to do for the homepage, which is your, your URL, um, your core URL, you want to make it your name. So- milleriplaw.com, you know, that's, that's ideal. Um, Momentumvirtualtours.com, right? Um, Sean Boyle.com, you know, DevinMiller.com, making it as specific as possible for people to find you um, is key. Now for blogs, which I'll, I'll touch on as a little bonus, you want to make more so long-term keywords, right? Because those long-term keywords, although people aren't searching as much, they're very easy to get number one in, in, uh, on the first page and second page on. So, um, but we'll have to save that for another episode. But uh, yeah, definitely short URLs for, for sure.
1: Now the question, I'll follow up with a question. So let's say, because short, shorter URLs, if a lot of them are now taken, right? It's hard to find. Miller is a very common last name. I can't, I actually look, and it is technically available. They want, I think it was for Miller.com, they want a 200,000 at least. And for Patents.com, they want $2 million, or $2 million. I don't have the money to spend on either of those, but if I, even if I did, I don't know that that would be the money I'd spend it. But if you're say, you know, what I about, get a shorter, shorter URL, it, you know, it can make it a little bit easier catchy, or I can go do one of a number of other things to place your money. How important is it to get a shorter URL? Meaning should I really worry about it or should I try and get the best one I can and move on? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I, I understand. There definitely is some give and take. And for your case, what about Miller, um, Miller patents? You know, that could be one. I would think, you know, again, this is all your budget. If you have money to blow on, on a domain. And again, this is a, this is an investment at the end of the day. So if you can afford a higher URL, not 200 K or 2 million, I, I definitely can't afford that Nor Do I think I'll ever be able to afford that after for a, a URL, but um, you definitely, it's a case by case basis for sure. Knowing your industry, knowing what people are going to search. And again, using Google trends, using ubersuggest.com, which are great free tools. Uh, you can find out all that information. And um, it's great because you you could save a lot of money, and um, you don't have to be a complete idiot and egomaniac like me to just buy my domain name for two grand, which I should have bought it for like five hundred bucks. <laughs> but we'll save that for another day, you know.
1: No, and I think that, I, and I agree. And one thing that I have found, this is kind of my thoughts or feedback, is you know some of the times I found is I usually if if as a client or a customer that they are already either going to know where we're at, they're going to get an email, they're going to they're in the signature block. But if you know where I found honestly that if I'm on a podcast or I'm on somewhere where I'm actually saying the URL or trying to get people to remember it then it seems to come into even more of an, a play because now I am asking them to remember it. And if it's, you know, as an example, a couple of the ones that we use is freestrategymeeting.com. And that one's one that we, everybody that wants to sign up for a strategy or meeting or strategy session, we can say, you know, I, on a podcast I say, go to com and grab some time with us. And I also got meetdevin.com, which is now come meet Devin. I can't get Devin. Devin was apparently too broad uh, or too, uh, too popular. But if you go to meetdevin.com and I say now, you know, how do you reach out to me? Well, go to meetdevin.com. So I found that it does seem like, you know, is certainly for some situations, if you're trying to get people to remember it, if you're trying to say it over, you don't want to have to spell it out. You don't want them to misspell it. Certainly seems to play into that.
0: And you're 100% right, man. Those are great great URLs for for what you're looking to do, for sure.
1: All right, well, as we wrap up, never have enough or never have enough time to hit all the topics but if people want to reach out to you they want to use your services they want to find out more or they want to be your friend or any or all of the above what's the best way to connect up with you
0: yeah man so you can go to seanboyle.com that's my main website and then you could also go to seanboylem, m m michael on instagram and follow me send me a dm say hey i loved your episode um and then we'll just connect on there but uh devin thank you so much for having me on man this is great
1: Hey it's been a pleasure, fun to have you on. Now for those of you that are listening, you've got two different options. If you're an expert like Sean is and you'd like to come on and share your expertise, you can go to inventiveexpert.com and if you're a normal guest who just wants to tell your journey, feel free to go to inventivejourneyguest.com to apply to be on the episode, or to apply to be on the podcast. If you are a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you get notifications on all the new episodes that are coming out. And lastly, if you ever need any help with patents or trademarks, feel free to reach out to us and we're always here to help. Thanks again, Sean. Been fun. Been a pleasure and appreciate coming on.
0: Absolutely, brother. Talk soon, man. Thank you.